Welcome to the fourth episode of the Dude Spankin' Dudes podcast, a podcast that is not about the Vertigo comic line from the 90s, or about the mystical art of the tarot, but about dudes who spank dudes, and dudes who are spanked by dudes. And it is run by two dudes. Hey, my name is Scott, also known as Red SPK Scott. And I am Brian, aka Super Goblin, and or Croup on the internet. Hey guys, hey, actually, I would. Is there a podcast about old Vertigo comics of the nineties? I'm that sure would, there must be. <laughs> <laughs> I I would be interested. Um, welcome everyone, uh, and oh my goodness, there are a lot of you. Uh, <laughs> let's. Let's talk about some basic business stuff about the podcast just to get started. First of all, this is, uh, like Brian just said, this is our fourth episode. Our first three episodes now have passed the 5,000 listeners. Whoa. Uh, which we had, I, I had no idea we would ever hit 1,000, and we've hit 5,000. So that's awesome with just three episodes. Um, a couple things. We are now officially on iTunes, so uh, you can subscribe to our podcast, it, and it will download uh, it onto your phone or your iPad or whatever. You can listen while you're stuck in traffic or anything like that. Um, we also now uh, – we went pro on SoundCloud, which gives us unlimited uploads uh, and also unlimited downloads. So uh, we had a, a limit of 100 downloads be- uh, before, but that cap has been lifted. Now everyone can download Every episode. Download them all. Yeah. Collect them all. Yep. And so, yes. So thanks for listening, folks. I hope we're very helpful. And what we're going to do with our intro, and I think this might end up being a habit if things continue to work out uh, like this, is that uh, devote the intro section to answering questions that we get. Um, Unless unless we end up wanting to incorporate them into other parts of the podcast. So – uh, to start off with, uh, you have a couple questions that were sent to you, Brian, right? I have a bunch of questions. <laughs> so the first one is from a friend of mine uh, named Filibuster, who is actually a wonderful spanking artist. You can find him, um, I think, on Just for Affinity right now under the name uh, Filibuster, uh, spelled starting with a P-H, like, you know, like Philly, like a horse. But he asks, is the Moonburn spanking party that Scott goes to, is it friendly to trans men? Or, you know, like other variations of, like, the transgender spectrum. Right. So, is it, Scott? Yeah, so I, um, rather than just asking based on my knowledge, I actually, since there's been a Moonburn party since our, uh, our last podcast on the Moonburn party, um, I went and asked. So this, first of all, this is answer is specifically for the Moonburn party here in Los Angeles. Um, if you're thinking about going to other speaking parties elsewhere, I would definitely contact them. Uh, but what I was told that trans men would probably be fine, um, though there is a bit of a you know a gray area here uh based on the fact that people have different understandings and expectations um so what i would say is a lot of us who are are older who are even trans friendly have a particular idea of what transgender means that was the case back in the 80s and 90s it is really kind of no longer the case for example uh when i first came out of the closet i had a group of transgender female friends who I knew through the process. And the assumption Mm -hmm. was back then, 
that a transgender person would be going through the whole surgical procedure, you know, that it was, quote, a transition. Right. Um, and that's not really the case so much anymore, necessarily. Right. Right. Yeah. Not necessarily. So 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 what I would say to a transgender uh, dude who wants to come out to a speaking party is keep in mind that even though um, most of the guys here are probably going to be friendly to transgender males, I certainly am. I totally speak a transgender dude. Um, we may have different ideas of what transgender means based on how things were when we were becoming part of the community. So um, just be prepared for people to not understand or have to explain. And I'm sure I'm probably not explaining anything to Phil here. You know, that, uh, yeah, I, he knows all about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure I'm sure he's, he's had to deal with it. Um, the, the idea that that uh, that people might expect that you're that you're going through a process uh, that's going to lead to a certain place that they might. That that might not be the case for you, so you may have to explain it. Um, you know, and the worst that would be happen, the worst that would happen um, is maybe let me see, is just a particularly feminine guy, or you know, people will know. We actually had a transgender female who came to the party once and was allowed in, really? and that created that created discomfort because uh, everybody accepted her gender expression and so that made us uncomfortable because she wasn't supposed to be there yeah she's a girl. <laughs> so so that would be and so there was this another part of of this uh of what phil wanted to know about if if no one who identifies as female is permitted within the party uh, um, no girls allowed it's like one of those boys clubhouses yeah so so a female dom friend or a female dom chaperone um they're not permitted in. It's all dudes. If you're a transgender dude, you're permitted. Um, what I would say is, for again, for Moonburn, Moonburn takes place at a, a, a club called Threshold, which is a S&M club. And if you're if you're part of a relationship uh, involving female, whether you know anyone who expresses themselves as a female, anyone to play, it is actually a pansexual club, all genders, all orientations, and they have a variety of events. So if you're thinking of coming out, uh, maybe check their schedule online. It's the Threshold Club in North Hollywood. And because they have – this isn't the only event they have. They have all sorts of events that are open to all sorts of different kinds of people. So there, there may be huh. other events that would be – you know that, that you can go to. Um, that are of mixed genders. There used to be, in fact, a pansexual spanking monthly spanking party. That's a gentleman um, who used to go to the go to Moonburn uh, had put together. Unfortunately, he passed away oh, really? a couple years ago. So I don't know if that party is still going. Oh. Did Did you ever go to that one while while it no. was going? No, I never did. Uh, you have another question. For I do. Yes, this is from a fellow on Tumblr. And uh, to preface this question, he says he's been handicapped in a wheelchair since before he hit puberty. Um, he cannot feel below his stomach, and due to that, he cannot experience spanking, which is a fetish he's had since he was 14. And since he was a kid, he's always wanted to be put over another man's knee in foreplay, but due to his condition, spanking isn't really an option. So he, he wants to see if he can substitute it um, for being beaten on the back and front maybe, with, like, whips and other instruments, right. and he just, he's asking us for suggestions um, for, like, replicating the feel, at least, of being put over someone's knee for that, because that's what he's always really wanted, and, and what instruments he might use, also. 
Yeah, that's a that is an interesting challenge, and I actually it went. I, I I brought that to Moonbird and talked to some some folks who are some friends of mine who are very much into flogging and belts and things that that can also be used on the back and and, and chest and stomach. And uh, one of my friends reminded me, you know, that there's Brian and I are not medical experts, obviously. No, no so. So I would be very, very, very careful about recommending any particular positions to somebody with a medical condition. Because one of my friends pointed out to me, um, when you know those of us who have full use of our lower body experiment with positions, uh, one of the ways we can figure out whether or not it's okay or not is when you know things like our feet or our legs fall asleep. You know when. So that's how we determine, you know, and when that happens, we can stop the scene for a minute and then, then shift uh-huh. positions. So my fear of recommending a position is that if um, I recommend a position and it turns out that it's going to cut off circulation in this gentleman's lower body, um, he might not notice <laughs> because of the paralysis and his top mm-hmm. might not realize. So I want to be very, very, very careful with the idea of recommending any particular position because of that. Yeah. Please, um, please do not sue us. <laughs> when I did talk to you know one of my friends, and one of the things that he had mentioned, he was, he was actually sitting on a couch at the time when we were talking at Moonburn, and he was looking at the couch, and he said, well, maybe – Something like if you have access to a, a low-backed couch, so the top, the punisher would sit on the couch and the the bottom would rest partly across his lap on, on his stomach but also across the back of the couch. And so then the, uh, his weight, the, the bottom, he would be resting with his arms and chest on the back of the couch, and that's where the weight would go. That mm. way, the weight would not be balanced on his legs or, or stomach, and so we don't have that as much of a concern about uh, about cutting off circulation in his uh-huh. legs. And and the top would be able to see the legs in any case, yes. so he, he'd also yeah. be able to keep an eye on that. Yeah, the top would be able to see, it would be able to tell if his legs were in some sort of an awkward position that, that you know, might end up cutting off circulation. Um, and then I would also recommend keeping seeds because of that, keeping seeds short and taking lots of breaks, uh, not do so because I was actually at Boobird and I, I just had a guy bent over a, a table and was just beating us. He was just standing there and eventually one of his one of his feet started falling asleep. We had to take a break and that was just you know uh-huh. standing. So so, <laughs> and, but that was an hour long scene. So I would recommend keeping scenes short. Now the other thing when it comes to back, um, back is a, a potential target for corporal punishment. Um, yes, you want to stick with flexible things like whips, floggers, um, belts, um, slappers, riding crops, anything that is not rigid. So, you know, no paddles, um, no canes. Uh, you don't want to do something that will either – well, because – because it's close to the you know bone and nerves, you know you don't want to hit anything um, uh, that could cause nerve damage. Uh, the, so that the other challenge he faces is because of the position. Normally, when people play with whips and floggers and belts, uh, the top needs a lot of physical space for a swing. Uh, and because inertia plays, you know, an actual much more of a significant role in the experience than, say, for a paddle or hands. Um, and even though, you know, floggers, 
even they don't actually feel the way that people kind of think they feel when they look at them. They're this very sort of heavy thing, um, but you still need that sort of inertia to get the space. So um, typically, when people use them, it's uh, guys are on on either standing on cross, you know, leaning up against what's called the St. Andrew's cross or, mm-hmm. or they're flat on their stomach. Or, so, so it's not very common to, to combine flogging or belts with over the knee kinds of positions. Um, so what we, you would need to get is smaller tools and look for floggers that are, you know, that, that can be easily held and maybe no more than, you know, six or eight inches in length. Uh, one of my friends suggested he has a, a, a himself has a friend in the spanking scene, in the punishment scene, who experiments with making his own toys, his own tools. And so what you might want to do in, is do it yourself and make your own things like getting a length of belt and cutting it up into strips and, you know, to a certain length, like, like six inches. Um, that that could be easily more easily swung with someone who's in this position where they're in contact with the other dude as opposed to uh, being hung up on a cross or, or, or on their stomach on a, on a bed or something. Uh, the other thing that occurred to me is um, with a belt, one of the things you could do rather than – most guys will either fold the belt in half. Or do a you know if you're really good with the belt you could do this big long swing with it with the whole belt. Uh, but one of the other things you could do for if you don't have as much physical space is to take the belt by the by the buckle uh, and start rolling it up in your wrist, and then at the end, and then just leave a loose end of about six to eight inches. Oh. You just smack with that on on the back uh, on on the sides. You know, you want to hit the muscles on the sides next to the spine, not the spine itself. But you could that will work as well. Just roll up the belt and use just the the final six inches. So give those a try. Uh, make sure I would say obviously be with a, a top who you trust and know and can pay attention to your lower body for you if you're going to be in that sort of a position. And yeah, and keep scenes. I would say like maybe ten minutes at the most in a particular position, and then take a break. So, nice. That was a very involved answer. Yeah, I really, you know, I really wanted that. Was good. We ask people, we ask people to send us questions that could be researched. So um, let us know how that goes if if you're able to do that. So, Brian, I got a question from that I figured that would be good for you because you uh, are because of the whole idea that you're relatively new to the scene. Okay. Uh, and this is from a gentleman. He he told me I could give his name. He uh, he contacted me on Recon. His name is Service Pup. Um, and he's into a lot of different kinks, uh, and he's just kind of inexper- also kind of inexperienced though with spanking, and so he wanted to find out. And his questions were: uh, number one, what steps would you suggest one takes to learn one's endurance and not jump too deep at first? And number two, does it affect the seat of the moment if the bottom doesn't get a bone- boner from being spanked but is still enjoying it? Hmm. That is a good question because actually, I'm still trying to figure that out myself. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm still pretty new, and I feel like I haven't hit my own endurance wall yet, and I'm I'm still actually trying to get there. So, um, the steps I've been taking are just, um, you know, like I started out 
with a guy who gave it to me pretty light, because yeah, I told him it was my first time, and each subsequent time that I've been getting spanked, you know, I've, I've been trying to get harder and harder ones so that I can, you know, I can reach my limits. Um, so I would just, I would try to explain that to the top, tell him what severity you're looking for. Um, if you're worried about going too deep, um, safe words are the most, the most obvious solution is you always, you always want to discuss that before and discuss any limits you have with the top. Um, just lots of, lots of communications that you, both of you know what you're really looking for. Safe words are, you know, like the easiest way, so I probably recommend those first and foremost. For anybody new to the scene or, you know, just in general, just always have safe words. Um, the boner thing is, that's also something that I've also <laughs> been dealing with too, because normally I don't get boners myself while I'm being spanked um, or, you know, doing the spanking. Um, so, I mean, it hasn't affected the scenes for me, because I still like it, but, you know, again, if, if that's an issue for you, I might just, you know, let, let the guy know that, you know, even if you're not being turned on, you're still liking it. Um, I mean, I've, I've recently started going out with a guy down here in Texas, and he's, he's been very understanding of my lack of boners. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the only indication that you are being happy and being put into a good place. So I'm not really sure what to say aside from that. You know, boners aren't everything. Yeah, I. <laughs> well, he he had mentioned that apparently in in other kinds of of fetish play because he has he's involved with a lot of stuff. Um, I guess that's a problem. Other other doms or tops have had problems with him when he about him losing a boner. Oh. Which you know I. I, as both a top and a bottom, I rarely get erections. And actually, a lot of the guys I spank rarely get erections. So, mm-hmm. at least when they're over my knee, I mean, I'm not checking when I have them in other positions. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, that, do you think that might be due to because you're more into, like, straight punishment play rather than, like, sensual spankings? Yeah, you know, or... it's funny. That's going to be a good lead-in to our real... Uh, our real dude speaking real dudes discussion today, and that actually, you know what, that works let's, pretty good. Lead let's just lead. Yeah, I was sort of thinking that. Bam! I'm good at this. <laughs> yeah, it was. So. It was like we planned it all along. We totally planned this all along. So we let's did. let's shift today into our real dudes speaking real dudes section, and today we're going to focus on where spanking fits into your sexuality, or is spanking your sexuality. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, and so it's, you know, we're, we're early on in our podcast that we're still kind of establishing the nature of discussion when we're talking about spanking, and we felt like this is a good place to have a conversation to not kind of put people in boxes, although if, if you have a fetish for putting people in boxes, by all means, <laughs> um, do it safely. Uh, but the idea here is... From having, you know, a long, a lot of experience in spanking and looking and dealing with people within the spanking community, people looking for spanking as part of their sexuality, uh, people interact with spanking and their sexuality in a lot of very different ways. And so what I want to do is kind of talk about this spectrum of where spanking fits into your sexuality. I'm assuming if you're listening to this and you're a dude and you're into spanking dudes – you are somewhere on the spectrum. 
And what we're going to do is we're going to kind of separate it into three categories um, for people to fit in. But even though I call, you know, even we're going to talk about his categories, it's really a big spectrum, much like the Kinsey scale of spanking. Yes, the Kinsey scale of spanking. So, uh, so we're going to talk about three ways of looking at spanking when you're into spanking. Uh, so let's start with number one, foreplay. Spanking is foreplay, and that means simply that getting or giving a spanking gets you in the mood for sex. It gives you an erection. The idea is the spanking is typically shorter and less intense than what we see in other ways that spanking manifests um, as part of what's sexuality. But it can get it can get a little bit more intense. Um, it's commonly seen in what is otherwise generally straightforward gay porn it's kind of like a like a power play for the top to show dominance the top is establishing a sort of ownership of the bottom and it's it's mine yes exactly and it's kind of how it's presented you know it's sort of an alpha male fantasy showing who is in control and so he's he smacks the butt for a little while um it's typically short sometimes it can actually be pretty intense and, and look pretty real but it's often just to you know, just to sting and to get the uh, get the bottom fired up for sex. Yeah, like get him in that submissive mindset to to take you know the next part of the scene, which is typically sex. I imagine. Yep. Yeah, typically sex. We will also see it in other you know other types of domination fantasies. You know, we'll see it in wrestling wrestling based porn, which we're gonna get you know we're gonna get to that later as well. Uh, <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's 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 about it's about a power dynamic. It's much less about the pain itself, and much more yeah. about the, the establishing who who's in charge. Yes, it's establishing. Yeah, it's about hierarchy. You know, it, it establishes the idea that this is not going to be a c- scenario where uh, the guys are trading roles. You know, for example, um, although in wrestling, uh, <laughs> it, you know, maybe you know, attempt to take advantage of the situation. Mm-hmm. So that so that's the first category. Uh, I'm going to say it's probably among the people who are listening to this podcast. Probably fewer number of you are just into uh-huh. this. Uh, um, among among the general population, it's probably the the largest. Yeah. Category oh, category one. I forgot something important. Oh, what's that? The quiz. A quiz? What is this? Is this like school? It's a pop yes. quiz. Yes, it's just like school. So you better get the question right, or there will be punishment. What? Well, what if I, <laughs> well, do I get a reward if I do get it right? Um, you'll have to talk to your buddy about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the journal a couple years ago, the Journal of Sexual Medicine uh, did a report where they talked to about 1,500 Canadian adults and asked them about things, uh, kinks. Uh, anything that was not normal sex that they fantasized about. And so one thing they discovered is that pretty much all sexual kink fantasies are actually very common. So, well, because they interview Canadians. <laughs> yeah, we don't now, know. In my experience, Canadians are all an intensely horny people oh. with lots of kinks. This has been 100% of my own personal experience with Canadian people. But they're so polite. <laughs> Yeah, that that just hides their sexual deviancy. Oh, though. okay, okay. All right, so so so, <laughs> what they asked about spanking. So my question for you is, what percentage of dudes 
do you think says that they fantasized about spanking or whipping someone to obtain sexual pleasure? What percentage of dudes? Um, okay, the stakes are high. I'm going to go with 40%. 40% of men. That is so close that I will give you a correct. Really? I got it. <laughs> and just to make it clear, although we prep for we prep for the podcast, I did not give him these answers. No, I did no, I did not look anything up the, or anything. The number is forty three point five percent. Whoa. So that's you know, close enough for for prices right showcase showdown kind of responses. So <laughs> Wow, yeah, I'm so, proud of myself. Yeah, so 43.5% of men have fantasized about spanking or whipping someone to obtain sexual pleasure. and then, But there's the reverse. What percentage of men have fantasized about being spanked or whipped? Being spanked. Uh, I'm going to guess it's going to be a smaller number than who want to do the spanking. So... I don't know, 25%. 25% want to be spanked. Once again, you are, are you, extremely close. Are you serious? I didn't. I thought I'd be way off. It is 28.5% of men. Wow. So I was that, off by like 3% both times. Yeah, so that is a lot of dudes. So there are a lot of dudes who have at least fantasized about spanking. As they should. Yeah. I'm kind of disappointed I got both of those right. I, I'm... I'm amazed. I sort of wanted to be wrong. <laughs> That's the problem with those types of fantasies. Is sometimes you don't you don't get what you want. Uh, okay, but yes. Now for yeah. category number two. Yeah. Okay. So so then the next category, which is a much larger category uh, as far as our podcast goes, is is what we could just call spanking as kink. And what that means, the way we're categorizing that is uh, a person who has spanking as a kink likes pain as part of a sexual experience, but very much combined with that sexual experience. Okay, so it's, it's like part of their sexuality, but not like the whole thing? Right, yeah, and they it's often combined with other fetishes or other kinks as well. So uh, they, they, they like spanking, they want it to hurt, or, or they want to hurt the other person, but they also combine it as part of sexual play, other types of kinks, uh, for example, a buddy I just had here for Moonburn is very much a spanking bottom. I beat the hell out of him. Someone else beat the hell out of him at uh, Moonburn uh, with a, an amazing scene. Uh, but he's also is also very much uh, he's also very much a sexual person. He likes um, plugs and you know dildos and um, mm-hmm. other types of pain as well beyond spanking. He's into you know electric. He's into just about everything. So he's like literally everything. He's just he's just a page for pain of any sort. Yeah, yeah. So spanking is is part of a larger sexuality, but it is definitely an important part. I would say that spanking is his biggest kink, but mm. he's into a lot of other stuff as well. And okay. then and then for the final category is what we're calling you know, and this is the furthest end of the scale, spanking as a fetish. And what this is different from saying spanking as kink. Uh, when you say spanking is as a fetish, spanking is your primary avenue of sexual or sensual exploration and interest. Um, it may well mean, like the person who sent us an email, that 
you may not even be interested in sexual intercourse. You may not get an erection, but you may still feel extremely sexually satisfied just from either having the spanking experience as a top or a bottom. Um, it doesn't mean you're asexual. Um, it means that this is what sexually stimulates you. Uh, an example given in a book that I'm probably going to talk about more in a future podcast, um, written by not by a dude, uh, but a lady by the name of Jillian uh, Keenan, uh, called Sex with Shakespeare. And it's actually about, um, uh, it's a combination of literary criticism and, uh, a personal journey in discovering that she is a hardcore spanking bottom. And the way she described it and the way it always thought about it is, um, if you, when you masturbate, if you're thinking about spanking and never about sex, then that's a good indicator that that spanking is more of a fetish than just a kink. And then, uh, so yes, that's definitely me then. Yeah. <laughs> now it doesn't mean you know. Just to be clear, it doesn't mean you have no interest in sex because certainly I sometimes have interest in sex. It comes and it goes. Um, I'm not incredibly sexual, but like I said, I'm not asexual. I am definitely sexually attracted to men, uh, but but my interactions with them are inevitably about spanking. If it's not about se- if it's not about spanking, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, like you're you're interested in them, and then but you're interested in them as like either spanking them or being spanked yeah. by them. Yeah, like for, like firstly before anything else. Yeah, yeah, and so the reason that this this sort of scale or spectrum matters is when we're looking to hook up with each other, when we're looking to find other dudes. Where someone falls on the spectrum matters in determining, you know, compatibility. And to just give an example, so the gentleman that I met and played around with in episode three, the the, the bully, the bully, and that's how he will be referred to in the podcast. Uh, and I told him that he knows and he's happy with it. He loves it. So the bully, bully. Yes. After all that experience that I talked about, we have been uh, talking to each other, texting each other nearly every single day. And so once we've started realizing that we really – our fantasies are very much or our interests are very – in spanking are very, very much compatible, then what happens is we start looking at this other stuff. Eventually, once you find a guy, if you start thinking that, oh, we're – we seem to be very – in sync in in this one area, then you need to start looking at the bigger picture and figuring out what it means. And so eventually that kind of led to a discussion of, you know, sex, what where our various sexual interests are. And it turns out that his sexual interests are very, very different from mine. Um, and so that doesn't mean, so it's like, so then it becomes an issue of, well, is, does that mean that that part is incompatible? Um, is that something going to be worked out? Is this going to be something that's going to be a problem, you know, moving forward? And, you know, how do we hammer that out? So for things like it turns out he's bisexual, for example, um, which is not a concern for me at all. And so there's this, this sort of discussion of how he incorporates sex, which he, you know, he tells me he often actually separates sexual activity out from spanking entirely. Oh, okay. So, yeah, and so, so it's like, oh, okay, well, that's very interesting. And so, from based on the discussions that I've had with him, um, I don't think that there are going to be any concerns, you know, or or there might not be any barriers, but it might be something that we're going to have to hammer out, you know, next time he comes for a visit, uh, months down the line. So, but there's a there's definitely a process there of not only do we need to figure out whether our partners, you know, whenever we hook up with someone, 
whether we're on the same wavelength when it comes to spanking, now you also have to do that for sex. And so there's two parts to this that that um, that is different for people who don't have other kinks. You know, if someone who's into vanilla sex, you know, they're looking for someone, you know, there's still certainly things they have to work out as far as, you know, things like frequency and positions, you know, and, and what various people, what turns various people on even when they're into vanilla sex. Yeah. But, but when you're into spanking, then you have to think of all of these other things. Like, can I, you know, if if my buddy is into fisting, can I do I do I want to do that? You know, do I not want to do that? Is and that can be a serious <laughs> question? <laughs> that, yeah, and that is a serious question. And so, if, but then it becomes the issue of, well, okay, I don't want to do that, but can we work out a relationship where he can get? fisting from someone else you know and we can still yeah. have you know some sort of what kind of relationship do we develop and now you yourself are and now having a discussion about you're having a discussion like that with yeah you. i was i was gonna say that i i've i've been i've started dating recently i think he's very much a type two spanker i think spanking is a kink for him oh. like a, a very big kink but he, he also likes you know he also likes intercourse and i'm not sure if i'll be able to provide that for him or or uh, take part in that so we, we've actually been talking lately about just what that means and if we you know if we're like free to to play around with others etc to for him to get that and it's, it's been it's been a continuing discussion with us that we've we've just sort of like tapped into it we haven't like really delved too deeply yet but yeah i mean that's something that i think all all spanking couples will probably need to talk about at some point yeah just to see you know where where they both fall on that yeah assuming you know they're even going to be quote couples or something else entirely which i think in a future podcast we will certainly want to talk about navigating the idea of what a relationship even is when you are heavily into spanking Mm. yeah but one thing that you know um you definitely want to do as somebody into spanking is to not make assumptions about how someone interacts with both their sexuality and their spanking interests. And I wanted to give to, to close out this actually kind of wanted to give an example. Um, there was a gentleman who uh, talked to us about spanking. We, we talked uh, about his interest in spanking parties in the last podcast. Actually, he was the one who talked to us uh, about private spanking parties. Oh yeah. That guy. Yeah. And so he got back to me, and one of the things he wanted to talk about was this idea of combining spanking with sex. And he was going from the perspective of uh, there was a spanking video that he really, really, really liked um, that involved a, a attractive young blonde boy with a really nice butt who was spanked very, very hard. Uh, and part of the reason was to get him to uh, – because he hadn't been properly servicing his master, essentially, the the top, the unseen top of this video with uh, oral sex like he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be offering oral sex every day, and I guess he, he did not do that, and that was the reason why he was being punished, allegedly. Of course, this is probably a fantasy uh, because it was you know a spanking video, and maybe that's probably not the relationship that they have. But it might be. We don't know. But it's Every fun. day at 5 o'clock sharp on the dot. It, it's a fun fantasy to have. <laughs> it's certainly a very common domestic domestic relationship fantasy um, mm. with, a, with a dominant and submissive. And so his – so the, the letter writer's idea you know, is like wouldn't that be somewhere, something that would – doesn't – you know, he wanted to assume that the idea that I could be, for example, the bully – 
since I've, I've said that I'm fascinated by this bully idea, is like, well, what if the bully spanked you until you agreed to sexually perform on him? Wouldn't that wouldn't that really turn you on? And isn't this really all an aphrodisiac? He says, isn't spanking aphrodisiac and potentially foreplay? And my response to that was like, no, no, I, yeah, like, you know, I. <laughs> Not really, not necessarily. Like, not because it works differently for everybody. Right, and obviously it is for him, and that's okay. But the issue here is you do not want to go around assuming that some that that's the way that I approach. Yeah, like because you're into bullying doesn't necessarily mean you can be bullied into like any activity, and that you like it. You know. Now the funny thing that happened though um, with the bully is that you know I was talking to him about this and he uh, he knows the video that the guy is talking about and he <laughs> and it's one of his favorite videos so we're like oh so this is so this led to a, actually a discussion whether that was something that the bully is interested in himself uh-huh. and is he um, not necessarily in the way that's in the video. But we have had a discussion of how, you know, whether whether or not um, the non-consensual spanking fantasy would develop into, you know, non-consensual sexual fantasy. Um, and that's something that will be hammered out more. It's going to def- depend a lot more on chemistry, you know, when we, when we connect again. Because, again, yeah. we're having a lot of conversations. You know, I've spanked by him three times so far, and he's – He's very, very far away, and it's going to be months before anything happens again. So it's going to be something that we're slowly working through. As is natural. Yeah. Yeah. And so with that, let's wrap up the spanking as your sexuality part. Um, this is, But this will be something that we come back to a lot in the real dude spanking, real dude section because it's a, it's a huge source of, of psychological understanding – and also kind of a point of conflict with between people within the community because because of the whole idea that that where spanking fits into someone's sexuality varies from person to person and from dude. yeah like I, I've I've personally run into plenty of situations where you know if I was on uh, like recon or or scruff or grinder or somebody and I have on my profile listed that I am into spanking and guys contact me. And, you know, I, the first thing I usually ask them is, like, okay, like, do you like, what kind of spanking do you like? And they're like, oh, you know, a couple slaps on the ass while you fucked me. Right. And I'm like, oh, that's not really what I'm into. You're more of a type one while I am a type three. So, like, <laughs> yeah, I specifically put in my profile so. that sex is typically not on the table, just to make it clear. Although, of course, there's that issue that people don't read your profile. Yeah, I, I have that in my profile, too, but, <laughs> but, but nobody ever reads that. <laughs> Which is definitely a reason to spank people. But we can that <laughs> so, okay, with that, let's move on to the fantasy life of spanking. And today we are going to talk about spanking art and spanking cartoon. Yes, two of my favorite things. Yes, yes, it is. It's become, I, 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 much like videos, it's, it's an area where I love where it's gone to uh, compared to where it's been. That is so much more out there and so much more available. So, Brian, why don't you uh, talk to us about baking art since you love it so much? Oh, I'm going to. So, just to preface, I feel like spanking art is really important to me personally because just when I was looking at spanking stuff, you know, when I was first getting into the scene, what I was most enthralled by was always the art. Um, like, I loved the pictures of real dudes. 
Um, I loved reading the stories on, you know, on, on Jimka's story archive, which is now mailspanked.net. But I always loved the art the most, and I feel like it might have been because with, um, you know, with, with the pictures of real guys, they were hot, and the guys were hot, but it was it was always sort of the same situation brought up over and over. But with art, it could be anything. Like, the only limit is the artist's imagination, and some of these artists were very imaginative, and they, they definitely they sparked my imagination in a lot of ways. And, yeah. Um, with... With, and, you know, with art, you can play with things that you can't do in the real world. Um, like, you know, themes, I'll, I'll get into later on with Sprite, but like uh, like fantasy themes or magic or science fiction or um, also, you know, fantasies like, like non-consensual spankings and, um, and things more like that. And that, very, very intense stuff that, that yes. doesn't always – aren't able to play out in spanking porn uh, depending on what models you're able to get to participate. Yes, like, like ridiculous things like, you know, like electrified spiked paddles that you – know, like <laughs> you, you, you can't do that in real life, but you can draw a picture of it and it can be funny and sexy. Yeah. So um, to start off with, I guess I'll start talking about how the spanking scene used to be. And then I'll get into what it has become in more modern day. So when I was when I was a horny teenager, <laughs> looking at porn in my parents' basement, um, there were four main spanking artists that their work seemed to be the most prevalent. It was always posted in Yahoo and Google groups at the time, where I got you know most of my watching done of the porn scene. And those four guys, it was Franco, Jonathan, Copper, and Sprite. So in, in my opinion, those those were the biggest names at the time. Mo- most people know them who were into spanking back then. So I'm just going to go over each of those four guys as sort of a state of what the scene used to be like, like, you know, circa, like, probably like the 90s, I guess, and, and or before that. And then we'll talk about what the scene has sort of become since. So the first guy, I'm going to talk about Franco. Um, he is probably, um, artistically, he probably has the most realistic style of any of the guys I'm going to mention here. Um, his work is very realistic. Um, his, he draws very good body types. Um, the themes, they're generally um, young men and boys being punished by authority figures. Um, spankies are usually like either teenage or like men in their early twenties. Um, I think he has like a couple pictures of like older guys being spanked. Like I think he has like one of a, a dad being spanked, but even then, I think it was by the grandpa. So like, <laughs> it's it's always it's always like a feature of authority of of higher authority, you know, beating the lower authority guy on the totem pole. Um, there's stuff like, you know, like fathers and sons, coaches and jocks, um, doctors and nurses. The the doctor thing I'll get into a bit later, but um, he also does he also does a lot of FM stuff as well as MM stuff. He has he has lots of pictures of of women spanking men. 
but we're interested in the dudes. Dudes! We, we are, but I just thought I'd mention, for completion's yes. sake, he, he also does other stuff, if any of our viewers are also into that. But yeah, I mean, his, his work is very good. He has really good shading and really good anatomy. Um, just like his art in general, I, I think, is probably the, the most skilled of the list here. Notable work for me is he was on Y Gallery for a while, which is sadly now defunct until they get a new site up and running. But I think the stuff that most grabbed my attention while he was posting there was he had a lot of art of spanking machines. Yes. Or, oh. or spanking machines mixed with, like, milking machines of, of young men, like, caught in them and, like, you know, like, doctors and scientists running, like, punishment experiments on them. So that, that always grabbed my attention quite a bit. Yeah, I love spanking machines, and so I loved his spanking machine stuff. Yeah. And so, of course, if you know anything about spanking, you know that um, if someone gets an erection and you ejaculate while you're being spanked, then the spanking hurts even harder. So those boys yeah. were suffering even more because it would, because uh-huh. they were being milked. Yeah, because sometimes they're milked several times over in those it's... pictures. So I can only imagine the pain that things have been going in. <laughs> Um, I should also mention, a lot of the times the, the spankies in his work, they're oversexed. Like, the erections among them are very common. He has lots of images of, you know, like, after a spanking, the guy is, like, you know, grabbing his ass in pain. But, like, he also has a very prominent boner sticking out. Um, that sort of imagery is very common with his work. So that is Franco. Um, he, if you're interested in him, he, his stuff, I see a lot of it posted on Jack Spank. Lately, and he also has photo manip, so he's still around in the scene, um, working in that way. So the next guy on my list I'm going to talk about is Jonathan. His stuff. He also has a very he has he has a very good style. Um, it's it's semi-realistic, I call it. Um, it's sort of comic book realistic. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say that that's probably fair. Um, with him, the thing that always um, is brought out to me with his work is. There's much more sadism in it. Yeah. Um, the, it, you know, the the spankers, the punishers in his art, they always are very much enjoying the pain they're inflicting and the humiliation they're giving to their victims. His art, it seems to have a lot of guys getting undeserved punishment. Like, it, like it's, it seems more than anything, a lot of the time the guy's only crime is, you know, like being good looking and which, which calls out to others to punish them. There's also, you know, like the typical traditional themes like father and son, coach and jock, uh, boss and employees, etc. A lot of the times there's, there's also often a single young man who's being abused while a group of onlookers are also there, like enjoying it and also getting off on it in various ways. Um, whereas Franco often had the spankies oversexed, with Jonathan it seems to be the other way around. It's usually the punishers who are sporting you know, bulges in their pants or the onlookers who are also enjoying it, while the victims are typically not excited so much, but very humiliated. And, and he also, what I also like about him is he tells stories, you know, he, he essentially has sort of comic strips, That's the, the comic book comparison. He, yeah. It's not just single image. Well, he does do single images, but he is also in the pages of... Um, of Red Tails magazine and other places has has told stories uh, about spanking through images. Yeah, that's why I was going to bring up for his notable work is is definitely his comics for me, which he has yeah. quite a lot of. Um, uh, Jock Punisher for me is a standout, which is the story of 
it starts out with you know a bunch of guys just talking in the locker room, standing around like you know naked, talking about how you know this guy has been tracking down jocks and and spanking them all, and how they're all they're all you know scared for their asses. And then one guy is like, "Oh, I'm not afraid of no jock punisher." So, you know, he um, he's all overbearing, and you know that's sort of like that asshole jock mentality of like yeah. he's better than everybody else, and nobody can get him. And later that night, well, you know, lo and behold, the jock spanker strikes, and uh, it turns out he he was one of the guys who this particular jock had bullied back in his younger years. So there's there's also a revenge fantasy there. Oh yeah, as well. <laughs> but. I mean, he, that, that's just one of many comics that definitely resonated with me as a kid. Uh, not as a kid, but, you know, as, as, a, as a perverted teen. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't posted anything in a while, so I'm going under the assumption that Jonathan's now retired. But his work is definitely still available uh several galleries. If, if you search for Jonathan and Spanking, you'll definitely find him in various places. I, I recommend looking at his stuff, cause, especially his comics, because... They're super hot. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that one, the Jocksbaker comic, comic, just to jump in on my own, that was uh-huh. like my earliest fan, when I was going through puberty as a teenager and I was just kind of like trying to come to terms with it, that's where a lot of my non-consensual spanking fantasy come from was the idea oh, of somebody, yeah. somebody breaking into my room and giving me the spanking that I knew that I wanted, but I was afraid to actually admit to myself. And so... Actually, seeing that strip, that was like that was my fantasy come to life. You know, I I I got to live out that fantasy myself recently. As a matter of fact, Um, the guy I've been dating, I I sort of convinced him to play out the role of the intruder, and I got you know I got to be the guy who who woke up from slumber and be like, "What are you doing in my room? What are you doing?" And it was a lot of fun. But (laughs) next guy on the list, though, not to get off track is going to be Topper. Yes. Um, his stuff, um, he has sort of a, like uh, a more cartoony style. Also, we're like we're, we're going down the spectrum. Like each artist gets you know more and more cartoony. Um, his themes, I noticed, there's not as much sexuality attached to them. Um, like if you do see a penis in his work, it's it's almost always flaccid. And the spankers don't seem to be enjoying themselves in the sadistic sort of sense. It's more often that spankings are given, uh, you know, like strictly for just punishment or disciplinary disciplinary reasons. Yeah. Um, so his work is is perhaps most realistic in that way that you know, like most spankings have probably actually happened like that. You know, like it wasn't um so much it wasn't a sexual thing. For him, um, and he also has his share of comics, also that you can find. Um, I know he's he's still a regular contrib- contributor to Red Tails magazine, and I believe he's involved with with Man's Hand Films as well. Yes, he is Copper from Man's Hand. He is the Copper uh, who you yes. see spanking dudes in some of the Man's Hand films. As you mentioned, um, yeah, he's still involved. Red Tails magazine, by the way, which was before the internet, that was the primary source of. Uh, seeing spanking art uh, is still around, and they are our timing for this segment is great because they're just now putting out their 100th issue. Wow! Which, congratulations! Yes, 100 issues. Which Copper did art for the cover for that, so he is still right. He was actually at the last Moonburn, so he's still around, involved in the scene. He actually had an art show of his spanking art in um, West Holly- Hollywood or West Hollywood a couple years back. I went, I went to that and saw his stuff. So. That's pretty awesome. I want to go to a copper art show. <laughs> and 
then last guy on my list of four is going to be Sprite, who um, I'm going to say right now I'm very biased towards, because he is <laughs> my, my personal favorite artist, my personal favorite Spanky artist of all time. Um, his, his style tends to be much more cartoonish than the others. There's, you know, he... He draws in an exaggerated style, um, often emphasizing the butt region of the guys. Um, his themes usually or often go towards more fantasy, or at least the fantastical. Um, he has a great imagination. Um, just browsing through his gallery, you know, gearing up for this podcast, I saw um, I saw a guy getting spanked by aliens. I saw a giant getting spanked. Um, you know, reminiscent of like Gulliver's Travels. Um, I saw the superhero Hulk getting spanked. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just like all all sorts of stuff that you won't see anywhere else. Um, he has his own character, who I guess share, shares his name. You know, the the sprite. Um, who he's more of a creature of mischief, but he he is often the spanker in the work. I think he's always nope. the spanker. Yeah, he's, he's never been the spanky to my knowledge, which is interesting, because, you know, he, he's this mischievous spirit, and he just sort of goes around doing what he wants, and people who get in his way, they're the ones who get the spanking, not Sprite. So, spankies in Sprite's work, they're often punished not because they deserve it, but because they're, like, symbols of authority, or they're just simply overbearing. So there's like this role reversal thing throughout his whole gallery that I really like. And it involves, you know, like this humiliation of masculine figures. It's sort of like if Bugs Bunny was a spanking top. <laughs> yeah, like it's that like and actually it's in in my correspondence with Sprite, he he is Looney Tunes were a heavy influence on him. Yeah. Which is funny cuz uh for me like Looney Tunes was also my first brush with spanking in general, you know, like Tom and Jerry. Right cartoons and stuff like that, and I'm pretty sure it's the same for you, Scott, yeah. and also a number of other friends I've met, so Looney Tunes are a heavy thing for us. But, um, yeah, like, the biggest difference between Sprite and other artists, for me at least, is um, an art by, say, like, Jonathan, where, like I said before, he'll have one victim surrounded by many leering onlookers. With Sprite, it's like it'll have one Punisher, surrounded by many, you know, dazed and spanked men. Yes. Or, for another example, um, for Franco, he he has one. Um, probably, probably my favorite piece of art by by Franco is one where a cop has pulled over uh, what looks like a teenage motorist and is having, you know, taking him over his knee for speeding and spanking him. Oh yeah, that's a great, great, that, I remember that, I love yeah. that, With this, he's, his hands are in handcuffs, I think. Yeah, we're going to have to put that on the Tumblr when we, yeah. uh, when we advertise for this episode, but um, for, with Sprite, he has one picture where it is the top who has been spanked by a motorist, and, and there's actually a speeding ticket taped to his red butt and left there. <laughs> so it's just like, he, he enjoys deconstructing the power dynamic, which is something that I very much like. Right. So, and, and just on a personal note, I, I said that Spice my personal favorite spanking artist, and he, he is also my first brush with a number of kinks that I now display pretty shamelessly on the internet. Um, 
I know he was my first brush with furry art as well. Yeah. He, he has lots of pictures of, I think it, it, the first picture he ever posted was of a bear spanking a hunter out in the woods, yep. I think. So he, he, he often has furry themes with his stuff as well. Yeah, I think I remember that. I think there was one where he had a fox who was spanking a couple of, uh, you know, those guys in those British fox hunter outfits. Yeah, there was <laughs> that. Um, he has one where, where a group of guard dogs have been spanked by you know, a lone cat. <laughs> um, he has one where, you know, like, a polar bear has been spanked and another, um, like, arctic animal is using the polar bear's butt, you know, as to warm his hands because mm. it's so chilly out. It, it's just all sorts of fun stuff like yeah. that. Uh, I've I've just been corresponding with him recently, actually, and if you want to find his work, um, it seems he's been locked out of his various galleries, so he he can't post anything new. Uh, he's working on, on finding a new website to host himself from. But if you want to find, mo- I think I think pretty much all of his stuff is on his still up on his blogspot, which is spankingcomics.blogspot.com. So if you're interested, I would recommend going there. So those those are sort of the four big names of the spanking art community as it used to be. Um, not that that's all there was. There's plenty of other artists who were also very active. Um, just to name a few, there's there's Sea of Sweden, who also does very detailed like uh, like woodcut almost drawings. Um, Tom of Finland, who's you know still the biggest name in J art in general. He has he has a whole bunch of spanking art that I've always enjoyed. Um, Scott, I think you wanted to bring up Belasco. Yeah, Belasco. Another great artist. Yeah, Belasco, who primarily, I mean, he, the thing about Belasco is he's primarily drawing African American men in a lot of different sexual um, situations. And then mm-hmm. he clearly has some sort of interest in spanking. It's shown up in several of his images. And also he's done some stories. He's a uh, pornographic you know, stories like Tom of Finland and Jonathan um, that heavily revolve around spanking. So, Yes, and that's that's because without him around, I mean, there would be a great dearth of, you know, like black guys doing spanking in art. So we're we're glad that, you know, we have we have numerous artists representing different types of people in the spanking world. One of the characters in, in one of my story series is the Blister Boys is based partially off of uh, one of Belasco's main recurring characters, Boo. Yep, it's good stuff. So, I mean, so so back in the day when, you know, during the, the days of the Yahoo groups and such, which is where most of the spanking community seemed to be at the time, those were the artists who popped up the most. Um, nowadays... Now that the internet has sort of, you know, been transforming itself over the years, and the spanking community has also been going through permutations, um, it doesn't seem like there's as many artists who primarily do spanking, but, like, the gay erotic art scene in general has definitely exploded in recent years. So, while there aren't as many artists who primarily do spanking, there's many more artists who will do the occasional spanking, if if that makes sense for their work. Like, um, there's lots of gay artists who have one or two spanking pictures in their galleries. So it's it's more diffused, but I feel like there's there's still just as much work being put out as there used to be, just from a number of different names. And we're going to get into that more when we do 
a podcast on commissioning and how to, you know, get artists to draw more spanking, which is definitely something that we want to do. Yep, yep. If you want more spanking art, you can make it happen with your wallet. Yes, I, I've done it, and so can you. Yes, and I've done it a lot. I've got, like, I think about between 10 and 12 pieces of spanking art that I've paid paid guys to do for me. Only 10 or 12? You newbie. <laughs> and uh, so with that, let's wrap up and, you know, uh, wrap up the discussion. This is not going to be, like he mentioned, this is not going to be the only time we talk about spanking art. If you have any particular spanking artist uh, you'd like to promote, or if you are a, an artist who's into spanking and we totally missed you, hit us yes. up. Yell at us for missing you and send Yell us your us. art because we want to look at it. Yeah. And so that leads to our final segment, Spankify Everything. And uh, today we want to spankify something that we already – that everyone loves to spankify anyway. And that <laughs> that is wrestling. Wrestling needs to be a lot spankier. And I just made up that word, spankier. I like that. Spankier. <laughs> because wrestlers – have the best asses. It's, it's a fact. They do. They have amazing butts. Whether we're talking about you know traditional sports wrestling or professional wrestling or you know the the profession the fake profession well not the fake but the amateur professional wrestling, <laughs> they all have great butts uh, and they, they they all should be spanked and and it's it's not a surprise that um, that wrestling shows up in S and M uh, scenes in particular like for example kink. Uh, dot com. They have an, an, an entire label essentially focused on uh, fighting and wrestling in the ring leading to sex, mm -hmm. which, you know, and, and, and it falls under – spanking occasionally happens there. It definitely falls under that first category in our um, in our spanking and sexuality segment where spanking is foreplay and an expression of dominance. Yes. I mean, because in um – I mean, when it comes to domination submission, which is a very large, you know, kink thing, it doesn't get much more dominant than wrestling, because yeah. it's all about one guy dominating another. So it's it's only natural that that would pop up a lot, you know. Yeah. And like combat in general, sort of hardwired into the human sex brain sometimes. Yeah, especially at least, at, least, you know, at least for a lot of people, it is certainly for a lot of males. Uh, yeah, um, it's, and yet it's part it, of that that male testosterone, you know, sexuality sort of thing. Yeah, and it's shown up in some actual spanking videos, a couple of man's hand videos uh, in the past. I don't know about current videos. Um, and then, of course, you know, we want we want spanking to happen more in pro wrestling, and and it kind of does. It has what what inspired this was. Um, I had a guy actually flirt with me at the gym. With you? With me. Aww. And I was like, oh, interesting. Well, the thing was, well, I didn't realize he was flirting because he, at first, he came over and asked me, he saw a guy at the gym who was wearing a WrestleMania t-shirt and he wondered if it was me. And I was like, oh, no, that wasn't me. And he's like, oh, so you're not into wrestling at all? And I'm like, oh, crap. He wants, he wants to wrestle with you. But unfortunately, I don't pay attention to I don't pay attention to WWE in general, even as even though I find wrestlers hot. And I was like, I couldn't even fake it. There was nothing. I was like, oh, I could have something could have happened here, but I couldn't even fake just, being interested. Just start saying names. Be like, uh, yeah, John Cena. Well, the one Randy thing, Orton. The one, yeah, anybody. Just. <laughs> 
the one name that I know right now was Dean Ambrose, who was I guess he just recently lost, but he was for a little while he was the, their their champion, and I see now on Tumblr two different situations that show him being spanked in the ring. Really? Yeah, but one was under a previous name, but one was more, this past year was him bent over in his his tight jeans, and I love tight jeans, uh, getting hand spanked by another wrestler. Um, and I was like, that needs to happen more often. And it, 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 it happens quite a bit. We see little bits and pieces of it showing up, you know, um, animated GIFs showing up on Tumblr, uh, particularly in the amateur scene. It just becomes a very common way of uh, of humiliating someone as part of the enjoyment of this of of the wrestling scene. Yes, well, it almost it almost has to show up in the amateur sphere because um, pro wrestling in general it's it's in this sort of PG era where they shy away from more. Like uh, like outrageous or sexual content. Well, unless it's the ladies. The, the ladies yeah, well, apparently are always getting spankings from each other. Well, gee, it's almost like there's a double <laughs> standard there or something. It didn't used to be. Uh, like back in the '90s, it was known as the Attitude Era, and that's Everything when was the Attitude Era. Yes, it was that <laughs> '90s dude. So they could like get away with you know like the more like outrageous sort of stuff. So, um. You know, like I mentioned, I think in the first episode about how Kurt Angle had been spanked by Triple H after his, you know, his charts had been pulled down and lit around the ring. Like that sort of stuff was more commonplace. Right. Um, and like there were other incidents like that. Um, Ted DeBasse Jr. got spanked pretty publicly in one match. Um, the best one though was AJ Styles got a spanking, and it wasn't like the typical wrestling spanking where it's like you know a guy like slaps the other on the ass uh, and then they move on from there it was like an actual pants down over the knee bare butt spanking given by dusty Rhodes. and that sounds hot yeah it, it is hot um it was just it's still just a few slaps but it was like it was a real spanking and then like it was really great afterwards because he gives him a couple you know spanks and then he, like, pushes AJ off his lap, and, like, AJ, like, rolls across the mat and then under the ropes, but, like, he hasn't uh, pulled his underwear back up yet, so you just see, like, his bare butt, like, rolling. Anyway, it's really great. It's on YouTube if anyone wants to find it. It does make me wonder, like, considering how physical the, the sport of wrestling is, especially pro wrestling, where you've, like, made this decision, this life decision to have a job that revolves around this sort of physical... Um, interplay, whether they're more likely to be into sort of S&M kind of stuff, maybe spanking, not necessarily spanking, but like more experimental, more physical with their sexualities. Maybe. I mean, I'm. it's a very physical lifestyle, <laughs> so I mean, I, I'm sure that in their private lives as well, they, they put that to use. I mean, at least yeah. I would. If I were a wrestler. Well, I think they're waking up. Well, they're waking up more and more to the idea of the men uh, people being um, sexually entertained by humiliating the men, humiliating each other too. There, you know, there's one of the major wrestlers has come out of the closet as gay. Um, the wrestler himself, not his character, and everyone's fine with it. Wrestlers, as far as I can tell, male wrestlers are very, very aware and comfortable with the idea that they are sexualized. Well, I mean, they almost have to be. I mean, it's, it's too yeah. sweaty mostly naked men and yeah. grappling with each other. So, I mean, they know what they're doing. Yep. 
And then the fact, and then the other thing that we've discovered, you know, with the whole ladies spanking each other, is done to appeal to the straight men. I think, um, I think culturally, people are more and more aware of the fact that women are also sexually aroused by two dudes. You know, it yeah. used to be that used to be completely dismissed and ignored, and so there are female wrestling fans, you know, and so the idea that they're they're doing this sexual sort of this sort of domination thing also appeals to also appeals to uh, the female audience of yes, wrestling. Yes, I mean, and, and trying to uh, to appeal to multiple demographics is yep. you know important for any sort of mass marketed um, yep. franchise like that. And just one other thing I want to bring up is uh, not in pro wrestling, but in like MMA style matches, there have been incidents where one fighter has like spanked another, like well, in the ring. But that is it like an actual because that's not choreographed stuff. They're genuinely beating on each other. And no, yeah, they're spank- they're real fights. Yeah, and so they're like spanking, like they punch each other. What what good is spanking them? Well, maybe it's like an actual strategy, Scott. Maybe that's how they make their opponents submit. That them. would be hot, but I. <laughs> I'm I'm dubious. No, well, I think it's it's like you said before the pro wrestling. It's just like domination play, but right. it's better because like it's not scripted. But I mean, there there have been a couple times where it's happened. There was one famous match I think uh, where a fighter uh, named Ortiz got spanked in the ring, and that's that's been pretty well documented. But um, but the thing is though, is that a couple times it's happened and. But when the referee saw it, he actually thought it was the fighter tapping out, and uh, that led uh, to the fighter's defeat. So just just saying, if anyone, if there are <laughs> any MMA fighters listening to this podcast, if you're going to spank your opponent, make sure it's very clear to everyone watching that it is a spanking, and not tapping out using your opponent's butt. Well, wait, do, do, MMA, do MMA fighters have coaches? Because I could just like imagine a scenario where the coach is like, Angry that 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 one fighter like got himself like disqualified. Uh-huh. I would decided, say decided to show him what an actual spanking. Yeah, is. <laughs> so he knows the difference. I'll show you what a real spanking. <laughs> is. You know, back in the locker room, trunks down over coach's knee. Yeah. Yes, approved. Yeah, so they need to spank it up. They need to spankify it. Wrestling. I want to say about twenty-five percent more. <laughs> <laughs> I would say 250 percent more. They should or, have they should have spanking punishment uh, matches where the loser gets the spanking. They should like uh like you know like they have like they used to have tuxedo matches or yeah, the both guys these... start out in tuxedos and they rip each other's clothes off. Well, clearly yeah. that should end with the first guy who's naked is put over the winner's lap and then spanked on his bare butt. Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And I think that is like the perfect visual. To end our podcast, <laughs> naked so wrestler I. over another guy's knee getting a spanking. Yes, I know I have to commission something of that later. <laughs> uh, so once again, this has been Dude Spanking Dudes. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Scott, also known as also known online as Red SPK Scott. You can find me on Tumblr. You can find me on Recon. You can find me on Spank This Hookups, and you can find me on Scruff. And I am Brian, a.k.a. Croup, or Soup Goblin. You can find me on Fur Affinity, you can find me on Spank This Hookups, you can find me on Blogspot, you can find me on Tumblr. I'm all over the place. So, and 
uh, we should preview what our next episode is going to be, Scott. Oh, yes. Next episode, we are going to, in the dudes, real dudes, spanking real dudes section, we're getting to our favorite, favoritest of implements, the paddle. Yes, all about the paddle. Paddles. Paddles are awesome. And then in the fantasy section, I'm going to just kind of talk about the, the book that I referenced earlier, Sex with Shakespeare. And what, it, what we're going to kind of talk about is that your fantasies are actually important beyond just being your fantasies and how they help you work your spaking into your sexuality and why you need to really embrace those as beyond just the fact that they make you horny. I should I should find this book. I should track it down and read it. We should start our own spanking book club. A spanking book club, yes. Sex with Shakespeare is the name of it. Um, and then and then in our spakeify everything, we are going to talk about you know uh, we've we've mentioned earlier about being realizing that we're into spanking as little as as kids and having our experiences. And so we're going to back go back to the kids. And talk about the most absurd, ridiculous cases of us trying to spankify things that we've seen in cartoons. And there have been a lot. Yes, and they're really <laughs> absurd. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Oh, and send us your questions. Yes, please send us questions. <laughs>